Welcome back. This is Elaine Elrod, and you're listening to Dramatic Impact, Acting and Theater in Alberta. This is the first audio episode that I've put up in quite a while. Over the summer, I put up my very first video episodes. And in case you haven't seen them yet, please check out episode 18. It's in four parts, and all the parts deal with the technical theater program at Grant McEwen College here in Edmonton. So that's a program where the students learn about all the backstage aspects of theater, such as stage management, lighting, props, set building, you name it, they learn about it if it has to do with the backstage aspects of theater. Each part is about five or six minutes long. The first two parts are interviews with students, and the second two parts are is an interview with the chair of the theater production department at Grant McEwen College, Jeff George. So I have the first three parts up on the website at www.actingandtheater.com. And here's something new. All four parts are up on YouTube. So if you want to watch the videos in slightly higher quality up on YouTube, you can go to our site and look for the YouTube icon, and that'll give you a link to our brand new channel on YouTube. Or the other option is to just go straight to YouTube and type in technical theater as a search term, and we should pop up amongst the first results for that search term. Now that my first video episodes are finished and up on the website and up on YouTube, I'm going back to the wealth of material that I recorded for The Invisible Project, which is a play about homelessness that was created out of Calgary. And today what I'm presenting is an interview with Linda Coleman, who is a client and a volunteer at the Drop-In Center Shelter in Calgary. Linda was present at the performances of the play, both at the Drop-In Center Shelter and at City Hall in Calgary, and she basically gives me her reaction to the play and how it relates to her own experience with homelessness. After hearing this short interview, if you want to learn more about The Invisible Project, I'd recommend that you listen to episode 16, which is an audio documentary about that play. And also episode 17 is a complete stereo recording of the play. It was a fascinating project, and I hope you enjoy delving a little bit deeper into this with me. Without further ado, here's my interview with drop-in center client and volunteer, Linda Coleman. I'm here after the performance at the DI with Linda Coleman, and Linda is a DI client. And um, you were here for the performance. What was your reaction to it? Everything that the performers did was right down to a T. They didn't miss a beat. They didn't make a mistake. When you say it was down to the T, could you elaborate a little bit on just your personal, how do you interpret that personally? Well, the, uh, the homeless people do have, they are like shadows. They uh, tend to have no faces because they don't want to be seen. Being as I used to be one on the street, I was like that too. And I was afraid of what maybe you would think of me. And But then I didn't care either because... Nobody cared. Yeah, they portrayed it really well. They portrayed me perfectly. And I was on the street for many, many years. 
and today I'm not, and I'm grateful. Did, were you one of the people that participated in the mask-making workshop, the one with Douglas Witt? There was one at Muster Seed and one at the DI shelter? No, unfortunately, I wasn't aware of that. What about when the company, when David and Aviva and the three actors were here creating the show and they were on the third floor, were you aware of that? Vaguely. I was doing a lot of time in day sleep as I have um, Crohn's disease. What do you think about just the whole idea of this company doing a whole play about your stories and your lives or about the lives of homeless, the homeless community in Calgary? I believe that Calgarians should be made aware of what the situation really is like. And these actors, they have got it down perfectly, right from picking up whatever they found on the street, them beer cans or that little piece of rock of crack or their pipe blowing up or them dying on the street. It's all happening out there. And, and we can't stop it. But maybe we can make it better for them. Were there any surprises for you? Like, did you have any kind of expectations when you heard there was going to be a play? Did you have any particular expectations about what you were expecting in the play? And then you saw something in the play and it just kind of was like, oh, I didn't expect that. No, I actually had no idea what was going to be going on here. I was just invited to come up and see a play. And then when I saw... The first part of it, I saw myself all over again three years ago. And could, just for the listeners, could you talk a little bit about that first part and what you saw and, and what you were responding to? Three years ago, I was a crack addict. And thanks to uh, the community of Tabor, Alberta and Calgary and Red Deer, I have been able to stay away from that situation, even though I'm at the drop-in center when I first saw what they were doing, I saw myself hiding in the bushes and being afraid and, and not knowing who to turn to and not really caring. And that's what they were portraying. And then I saw myself come to the drop-in center for help. And that was three and a half years ago. I know this is very difficult and maybe it's not a good question, but I was wondering, could you explain to the listeners... How does it feel to watch that in a play? Can you, can you put that into words? Yeah. I just wish that this would be visible as well as just people listening. Some of the street people need to see this as well, and they're not going to really listen to it because they, they have their own things going on in their head. But I think it brought my awareness for myself how hard I've worked for the last three and a half years to stay clean and stay off the streets and actually make a difference maybe in somebody else's life that's still out there hurting. And they are hurting. They're, they're, it's a painful life. But we can't... I myself, I, I couldn't explain it to anybody because I didn't think anybody would listen. And I hope this time you're listening. Yeah, I think there were a lot of people, including me, very moved by the play. Were you aware of the other people that are clients around you and their reactions? Were there some different reactions from yours just based on how you perceived it? Yeah, and there again, there was all walks of life up here as clients, and I know who they all are, and I know what walk of life they're in. And 
the reaction of one young fellow, I thought it was very funny. So therefore, he probably didn't get very much out of it. But everybody else seemed to take it pretty serious because they know where they are in life and they know what they have done and what they're still doing. And I believe that there's going to be a change in those people, the serious ones. And what do you think that change comes from? Seeing somebody else portray themselves. Okay, that's, that's very powerful. And I just want to say that if people were laughing, I think that's okay because there was humor in the play. Could you say something about what your favorite part of the whole play was, a specific moment, and to try to describe it for people that weren't here to see it? I thought it was when the young lady came out and she was from Winnipeg. I felt sorry for her. I don't like Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, I saw her as myself. I was a prostitute as well. And some of the life experiences that I went through were pretty scary. And and I thought she played it really well. She She was me all over again. And she was on the crack. And then she went back to the beer. And... Then at the end, when she was cleaning all the clothes up, because there was a fight, and that happens here every day, too. Everybody fights all the time over a chair, over foolishness. And I thought that when she was cleaning up everybody's mess, there again, there I was, that's what I try to do, and I try to help people, and that's what she was trying to portray, that she was there just to help one person, just if one person would pay attention to what she was doing and how she was acting and how she was doing what she was doing, then that one person would have a chance. And I watched somebody, and now I'm doing the cleanup. Do you think, this is my last question, do you think that creativity and the arts are an important part of the programs here at the DI? I don't know, some people... Not me, but some people might think, oh, well, people are just fighting for their basic survival. They're trying to get healthier. They're just sort of more basic things that they need to take care of. So how do, how do you feel about creativity programs that use the arts and things like that? And, and do you think it's important? I believe creativity and arts are very important in life. As for the clients trying to get healthy, well, we won't go there. Some of them do and some of them don't. And the ones that that do are the ones that are out there actually making a difference in their life. If, if I could afford to support the creativity and arts program financially, I'd be the first one in line. And when you say that, do you mean to have that here at the DI? At the drop-in center and also at the mustard seed. I think it needs to be aware both places because they're both shelters. And could you put into words why you think that the arts would be important here? I believe that people would actually see something that's in their life that they maybe would want to change or could change and that there is help here. There, there are um, counselors and other workers here that are willing to help us get out of the situation that we, may, that we get ourselves into. So can I reword it in my words, and I'm not sure if this is what you're saying, that by doing arts and watching plays, even watching plays that other people have created, you kind of see yourself more clearly? Is that, is that kind of getting at a little bit of what you're saying? Absolutely.
Okay, well, thank you so much, Linda. I'm honored to talk to you and to learn more about you, and I really appreciate your time. And I want to thank you for being here and thank the art, the artists that were here to put that play on. Otherwise, I wouldn't have seen myself today. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening. Next month, I'll put up an interview with Richard Lee C., an actor who was part of the cast that collectively created The Invisible Project and who also was one of the three performers in the play. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time.